Non-stop talk radio. Streaming 24 hours a day. TalkZone.com It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. Healthy Talk Radio with Julian Whitaker, MD, America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Get in on the phone lines now by calling 1-800-307-3002. Now, here's Dr. Whitaker and Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, the number of U.S. girls taking diabetes drugs has more than doubled in a recent three-year period. And we continue to hear about dizzying increase when it comes to the health of our children, not in the right direction. Well, he is not here with us today, but we carry on with Len Smith, who is behind Beano and Lactate, and here to tell us about a double-blind placebo-controlled study coming out of Australia, backing the use of an unusual natural nutrient, shea nut triterpenes, when it comes to battling inflammation. If you're looking for a natural alternative uh, remedy to pain and inflammation, something that has some science to back it up, you're going to want to hear this research with Len Smith joining us today right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, it's an overview, thanks to uh, Bloomberg News, of what may help to combat Alzheimer's disease. We have long predicted that we would have a a pandemic of Alzheimer's disease. Eighty percent of people, by the time they reach the age of 80, will have Alzheimer's disease. But then came the revelation, "Ah, it's your lifestyle. So what are the factors, according to Bloomberg News, that are showing hope that might help combat Alzheimer's disease. Of course, inflammation is a big risk factor when it comes to Alzheimer's disease. And fish oil, particularly the omega-3 fatty acids, have now been endorsed by the American Heart Association. Finally, (laughs) only took four decades to cut the risk of cardiovascular disease. That helps to cut the risk of uh, Alzheimer's disease uh, as well, according to the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center at UCLA. In fact, the Framingham Heart Study has showed that people with high levels of fish oil, these are the omega-3 essential fatty acids. If you don't know where you stand, there are blood tests like the fatty acid index, the fatty acid profile, and Bird Alzheimer's Institute in Tampa indicate that five cups of coffee, 500 grams of caffeine a day, has um, Alzheimer's plaque-busting effects. We've talked with Dr. Susan Delamont from Brown University, who has done some fascinating research to indicate that perhaps Alzheimer's is a third type of diabetes related to the fact that our brains produce insulin. When you have Alzheimer's, there is no insulin. So uh, knowing that uh, certainly lifestyle has a role to play in Alzheimer's, and of course they point out the fact that some of the generic uh, blood pressure medication uh, 
uh, drugs like propanolol uh, have also been shown to reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. So it's not just, you know, in the stars, in your genetic cards. Coffee, fish oil, if you were in Great Britain, they would point to herbs like rosemary and sage. Lots of research to back up of both of those. Combating Alzheimer's. And, of course, all those things that help keep your brain healthy. Mental exercise and physical exercise, as well as your nutrition. Um, Eating high on the glycemic index, lots of processed foods, not good for your brain because it tends to produce more inflammation. So you can put together, if it runs in your family, very nice science-based approach to combating Alzheimer's disease. Well, studies goes back to the 1970s, but a recent study has gone farther to show that exercise is as effective as medication in treating depression in the short term, that you can literally walk away your troubles, (laughs) that there are researchers out there who have taken a look at uh, the use of uh, antidepressant medication, looked at the the use of exercise, put it to the test, done a presentation. This came out of Columbia University. Uh, the former chairman of the American Psychiatrics Association's Council on Psychosomatic Medicine, Dr. Muskin, indicating that exercise increases the mood-enhancing elements of your brain. Exercise improves your sleep. Exercise relaxes muscles in the same way, uh, um, in the same model as antidepressants, that 30 minutes at a time, three to five uh, days a week, uh, is recommended, but as little as 10 to 15 minutes at a time. So three 10-minute walks after each meal uh, does make a difference. The key is do something enjoyable, whether it's gardening, whether it's playing with your dog or your kids, um, according to the Mayo Clinic and Duke University. Exercise, quote, could be as effective as uh, medication in treating depression in the short term. And, of course, you get a lot of side benefits from some regular exercise. Three, ten minutes a day. Just walk five minutes out after you finish a meal, five minutes back. It will make a difference. Well, it's a British expert. In fact, he's the deputy director of UNICEF's British Baby Friendly Initiative. He has indicating that feeding babies pureed food is not good for their digestive health. That he has found so many people coming to him saying, my child's constipated, my child's really picky. I could never wean them uh, from breast milk. Remember, women used to wean their uh, babies to cod liver oil to the second stage of baby food. So he has developed an infant feeding program called Baby Lead Weaning, Uh, keeping in mind that all the experts indicate that children should be exclusively milk-fed for the first six months of life, and then regular solid food should be introduced into their diet. That the use of pureed baby foods, I guess that came from the same places as the bottle, the formulas. They thought that they could sell products to new mothers. Of course, they, they did so. Uh, now we find a sort of full circle 
going back to emphasizing that breastfeeding is best, um, that six months of breastfeeding is important because it cuts down the risk of obesity, heart disease, certainly allergies and asthma and the incidence of autoimmune conditions like type 1 diabetes. Now, if we continue a little further, thanks to a British child health expert, pureed baby food is not good for children's digestive health. So it may prevent children from becoming picky eaters or constipated. Uh, that when you wean from mother's milk at age six months, start to introduce some regular solid foods into their diets that may be better for their digestive health. Well, it's a study. In fact, uh, we had one of the lead researchers, Dr. Lauren Cordain, from Colorado State University join us on the air. He collaborated with Australian researchers, published research, took a look at young men ages 15 to 25 with mild to moderate acne. They took a look um, at the groups that were divided into two. One ate much more of a Mediterranean diet. Lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, lean sources of protein like uh, chicken, fish, uh, turkey, lean meats. Uh, They replaced all of the grains with whole grains. The other ate that typical Western diet. And what did they find? That that Western meat-sweet diet raises hormonal levels, uh, certainly is linked to a high glycemic index, and results in more acne. Now, of course, we have to uh, tell you the disclaimer that the American Academy of uh, Dermatology, quote, says there's no link between diet and acne. But if you read The Paleo Diet by Dr. Lauren Cordain, there's a growing body of evidence to suggest that if we move away from how we evolved, a lifestyle of the Paleolithic diet, that hunter-gatherer diet, uh, not rich in the sweets and the, uh, the farm-raised animal products, that it makes a difference to insulin resistance, to our cholesterol, to our blood sugar, to where we carry that weight. It won't be around the, the middle to male pattern uh, baldness as well as to acne. But uh, the American Academy of uh, Dermatology says send more money for more study. But if you take a look at teenagers in developing countries versus teenagers in industrialized countries, their skin looks different. Diet may make a difference. We're going to return to talk about vaccines. Do you really need the boosters? Len Smith joining us at the bottom of the hour talking about natural approaches to inflammation on Healthy Talk Radio. A vital part of your daily health regimen. Vitamins, supplements, and Deborah Ray. Natural approaches to dealing with depression. We'll talk about some very interesting uh, double-blind placebo-controlled research coming out of Australia focusing on shea nut, uh, naturally occurring chemicals, the shea nut uh, triterpenes with Len Smith from BSP Pharma joining us at the bottom of the hour. But before we do that, we'd be remiss not to mention um, <laughs> some very interesting research coming out of Oregon uh, Health and Science University. They have been, uh, for the last 26 years, tracking protection against disease 
thanks to immunizations. Now, as we have talked of for years, so I think it started back when we originally, I mean, now in the 20, our 26th year, uh, that vaccines by no means are 100% effective or 100% safe. For example, we saw uh, last year huge outbreak of mumps in Iowa that, um, uh, that were in a, a population of people who had been immunized against mumps. Now Oregon Health and Science Center has been uh, taking blood samples, tracking um, immunization uh, uh, protection, and come up with the uh, information that if you have, for example, been vaccinated against smallpox, that immunity protects you for a lifetime. If you uh, have an infection of measles or mumps, that uh, protects you for a lifetime. There are uh, certain uh, vaccines whose immunity protection only uh, uh, lasts a short period of time. And surprisingly, of course, we're now told that a tetanus shot is supposed to guard against uh, the disease tetanus for about 10 years. But they found that 10 years later, 10 years after the tetanus vaccine, only 50% of the antibodies, in other words, you were supposed to be protected for 10 years, but at 10 years, you were only 50% protected. And that, uh, uh, they believe, may explain why the tetanus rate in Sweden is comparable to that in the U.S., even though the vaccine uh, um, is given as a booster after 30 years in Sweden as opposed to every 10 years in the U.S. Of course, it, it uh, goes to the fact that we fail to test long-term immunity and as is reported by these Oregon Health and Science University researchers in today's New England Journal of Medicine, it's unknown whether vaccine-induced immunity is as long-lived as that induced by natural infection. What I mean by that is all of our mothers and grandmothers and great-aunts knew that if the kid down the street had measles or mumps uh, or chickenpox, go down and play with that kid, that that natural immunity conferred a degree of protection. But we have not known whether vaccine-induced immunity is as long-lived as that induced by natural infection, that the antibody half-life was 11 years for tetanus, which means it took 11 years for the body's immunity, as measured by levels of antibodies, to fall by 50%. The immunity lasts 50 years for chickenpox, 19 years for diphtheria, and uh, virtually lifetime, beyond lifetime limits, for German measles, uh, for regular measles, for Epstein-Barr, for mumps. So if you are considering a booster, you may want to take a look at what is published in today's New England Journal of Medicine. Of course, we post the information each day in our healthcare news online at healthytalkradio.com. Now, for the first time, an in-depth look at just to what degree immunity protection is conferred by natural infection versus vaccine-induced immunity. Well, speaking of vaccines... 
Ooh, this made the front page of many of the major newspapers around the country. That, that, ooh, it was the Holy Grail, an AIDS vaccine. All money, all this research, all this time, effort, mindset, was to develop an AIDS vaccine with the idea that we could protect untold millions from the ravages of acquired immune deficiency. The revelation now that Merck, who helped to develop vaccine, has indicated that those who received the AIDS vaccine had a higher rate of infection than those who did not receive the vaccine. That volunteers who received the vaccine are now being advised of their potential, uh, potential increased susceptibility. So it, it speaks to the fact we're not going to belabor the fact that vaccines are not 100% safe, 100% effective. That it's up to each one of us to take a look at vaccine information. Look at the look at the data. Make an informed decision about what's right for you. You can find data on vaccines at the Vaccine Injury Information Center. Their website is www.909shot.com. If you're not on the web, you can call them at 1-800-909, then spell out the vanity number, S-H-O-T. There are others, Dr. Bartholo Clausen, his website, I believe it's vaccines.net, has a great deal of information. Here's an MD, um, uh, MBA, who was at NIH, who now has a biotech company in Baltimore with the idea that uh, its goal is to produce safer vaccines So volunteers uh, for this randomized double-blind trial of AIDS vaccines who were already at the high risk of contracting AIDS, taking the vaccine in this clinical trial, dozens became infected anyway, and this once promising vaccine may have inadvertently increased the infection risk of people participating in the clinical study. It's just, it's, you know, it's sobering information. Well, all of us prize our vision. In fact, there's been great surveys to indicate that there's no other health challenge other than vision that incentivizes so many, motivates them to seek options, to be willing to make changes. And now an article in Science Daily indicates that if you are 55 or older, and come on, it may not be that far away, that you are increasing both your risk of early and late stage age-related macrodegeneration given your diet, that refined carbohydrates, refined grains, high glycemic food, dramatically increase the risk of developing age-related macrodegeneration. And uh, this dietary approach can, of course, certainly be reversed. We see all the evidence to suggest that additional nutrients in the forms of zinc, the mixed carotenes, vitamin C, the, the lutein's, the zeaxanthines, can make a huge difference in our sight 
In fact, N-acetylcysteine, a very interesting amino acid, a precursor to one of the body's most potent antioxidants, glutathione, um, has an, an ability as your length of your arms uh, is certainly put to the test as we see age-related changes in our vision to be a very powerful stimulant to antioxidants that can slow age-related changes to our vision. So if you would like to age gracefully with healthy vision, the take-home message is you've got to keep your heart healthy, mental exercise, physical exercise, and limit your refined carbohydrates. If you eat grains, eat only whole grains, your eyes will thank you for it. We're going to return to talk with Len Smith from BSP Pharma. Some of the latest research, double-blind placebo-controlled trials, about the ability of shea nut triterpenes to deal with pain and inflammation. Right here on Healthy Talk Radio, I'm Deborah Ray. The information presented on Healthy Talk Radio is all well documented and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, how much do they know about medicine anyway? A special guest joining us today to talk about some uh, intriguing research, a, a, a gold standard clinical trial that took a look at a unique natural ingredient, put it to uh, to the test with some amazing results, uh, joins us today. He is a CEO and president behind BSP Pharma. Um, his background, just intriguing. I mean, he was b- behind some, some very successful product launches of Bino and Lactaid, now instrumental in, in the development of BSP Pharma. He's Len Smith, who joins us today. Len, hello and welcome. Well, good morning, Deborah. How are you? I'm fine, and we are so delighted because I know these are very busy times for you, and a lot uh-huh. is going on at BSP Pharma. They are, and funny part, I'm on the other side of the state from you in Florida, and what I'm laughing about is... All the natives, it's going to be, what, 72 or 3 are complaining about the cold spell. <laughs> and I see them uh, in the hardware stores and the grocery stores and the health food stores rubbing their elbows or, or they'll stand a little funny and start rubbing that knee. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, uh, this is not cold, folks. <laughs> Come on up to New Jersey. We'll teach you what cold is. <laughs> But whether it's the, the, the weather or the age or, or some, uh, some wear and tear along the way in terms of injury, uh, you know, we, we read amazing statistics, uh, Len, from the Centers for Disease Control that better than one in four, it's now like 28% of all Americans will some have, have some degree of joint dysfunction in their lifetime. And, uh, you know, the, all the downsides of, you know, what we can uh, use as a remedy, whether it's over the counter or even by prescription, a little sobering for the best of us these days. Right, and there was, I just read that in the world, uh, joints are the number eight cause of disability, and the more advanced we are, the worse it is. We, it is the number one cause of disability in the United States. Wow. Wow. And of course we see, you know, very visible examples of, you know, Ruth Graham comes to mind. I mean, here's somebody who her later years, in fact, even her demise related to crippling arthritis land. Right. And what's happening is, I mean, it just keeps people from being mobile. And if you're not mobile, you can't exercise. 
And I think in addition to good nutrition, exercise is right there with it. We have to be mobile uh, to maintain good health. And I know myself personally without this, oh, my gosh, I mean, I have it badly in my foot. And I fortunately have been on it three and a half years. I have no, I don't have to have discomfort, let alone pain anymore. But it was to the point, I couldn't walk more than two or three miles without it hurting. So what we're going to be talking about today is, is, is this newly completed uh, research um, and, and the product that contains uh, this now researched uh, ingredient. How did the, the research study come to be, Lynn? Give us an overview. Deborah, we have done extensive research. As you know, I've been involved with uh, Lactaid and then with Beano, and both of these brought remarkable results to millions of people with irritable bowel syndrome. But uh, the, the research on that was not as strong as it should have been when we started. Uh, it became stronger as time went on. But this product, fortunately, uh, comes out of Denmark, and the Danes did a tremendous amount of research. I mean, I'm not privy to every dietary supplement that's come out, but my feeling is if this isn't the most researched, it's definitely one of the most researched. And we wanted to do an extensive clinical study in humans just to bring together all that prior research that's done to prove to the FDA that it's safe to show the efficacy um, in various ways to show what we had shown in the laboratory on reducing inflammation also applied to humans. So we um, came out with this study uh, or started this study and we went to Dr. Cheris in Australia because of his groundbreaking research uh, in osteoarthritis. Uh-huh. And he has shown that the cause of the majority of, of osteoarthritis is a vascular problem. And so we were interested in not only showing the efficacy, but you know, how well do we work in controlling these problems um, according to Dr. Cheris's research? And that's where the study was done is in Australia. So I suspect, I mean, he has a, a lot of potential offers to, uh, you know, to, to take a look at doing additional research, but agreed to take this project on. Tell us what happened behind the scenes, Len. Well, you're right. He does get a lot of offers. Um, I am not privy to everything he's done. He's done some work on green lip muscle extract, which uh, has some amazing um, abilities. And uh, I know he you're right, he does get a lot of offers. And he has to be very judicious, not so much because of his time, but even though they're in a population of 3 million, finding the right subjects. And when I say the right subjects, you know, you don't want to use somebody over and over and over again. You have to uh, do exhaustive work in screening these people. The people who came into this, over 200 people were examined by orthopedic surgeons. They had to have x-rays, you know, a clinical evaluation. The x-ray evaluation had to show they truly had osteoarthritis in the knee and hip, knee or hip. Okay, okay. 
And then the design of the study. Of course, there's, there's always that scientific scrutiny. You know, is it is it is it a good study in the design of this? Uh, you know, actually, in the gold standard model. Tell us about it, Len. Well, Deborah, you're right, and that's uh, of course I leave most of that to the professionals. <laughs> I'm a I'm a business person who likes to bring products out for health, but yeah, this was put together. Dr. Cheris and his group have uh, been published. They know exactly what the medical community is looking at, and basically this was what we call a, a randomized study. And um, if you and I went into it, the computer would randomly assign us to either the act group or placebo group and uh, it was compared to placebo which in this case the placebo is canola oil Uh, the soft gels looked identical to ours but inside was plain old canola oil and um, you know they have all sorts of things that they look at to make sure that we meet all the qualifications of a solid medical study and the, the 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 study, uh, you know, who did it include? You know, what was the length of the study, uh, Len? It included. Um, well, we started with 124 people, as they say, with nip and, and hip, hip and knee osteoarthritis, okay. and uh, ended up with 89. Uh, some of the people they're only allowed to take Tylenol, is what we call rescue medication. And some people were so severe they just couldn't wait to, they, they wanted to go back to taking, uh, pain relieving medication, so they, they were dropped because they did that. So we ended up with 89 subjects completing the study, and, um, that's the, what the, the whole basis is. But more importantly is how well you do on what the medical community calls statistical significance. And that's what we looked at, and that's what we're so happy that, that we had great statistical significance on what I'm going to tell you. Absolutely, because as I know, watching the medical literature for all the decades that I have, you don't see the words significant reductions. You don't see unprecedented reductions unless you have something that has some uh, some bona fide clinical benefits. So what were the results of the study, Len? Okay. We were really surprised on the degree. What is, is, it's a fairly new, what we call marker in the medical community for cartilage deterioration. The most abundant, um, component of cartilage is, is what they call type 2 collagen. And there's a marker now that's been found where they can study the breakdown of that cartilage. And we had a 31% reduction compared to placebo. Now, to put that in perspective, there was a study done on ibuprofen that was 14%. Uh, We're 44% better than that reported in for glucosamine, except, remember, we did it in 15 weeks, glucosamine, the study was for a year, and chondroitin did not show any reduction compared to placebo for this marker. So we were ecstatic. Uh, the researchers, I mean, they thought we had a decent product, but they're, they're, they went, my gosh, we can't believe this. This is remarkable. And this um, uh, breakdown, this is in people who have high degrees of breakdown. All of us have a little bit of cartilage breakdown because 
like the rest of our body, it's constantly being uh, replaced. I mean, our whole bone structure is replaced, what is it, every so many months. Sure. And likewise, cartilage actually is a little bit slower, and it's more important to prevent breakdown because it's so slow to rebuild. But this um, this breakdown product, it's been shown in other studies that it um, is higher with more rapid joint degeneration, and it's being strongly implicated in the growth of bone spurs. Um, there was one study that showed that at three months, uh, the the higher the decrease of this particular marker at three months, the lower the progression of joint damage at five years is shown by x-rays. And, of course, uh, you know, to, to contrast for people listening to you, if we continue just to take the, the sole uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, even prescription, you know, COX-1, COX-2 inhibitors, um, the joints continue to degenerate, Len. Well, that is the problem, and that's been the problem that we do continue to have cartilage degeneration. And what's great about this is a 31% reduction compared to placebo is just a phenomenal number. Um, and I honestly, I have to say, I was not aware of all this. I've, I've gotten my Ph.D. in this and, and reading <laughs> papers and talking to the researchers. But when I see researchers surprised by a result um, and, and coming out and talking about it as much as they are, it really means a lot to me. But then secondly, what we saw is, I've talked to you in the past, that we do not address what the standard drugs do, what's called the COX-2 enzymes and various things of that type. We address, I say we, Flex now addresses what we are now calling joint-specific inflammation. And the white blood cells release agents into our inflamed joints one of which is seen at much higher results in impaired cartilage and the other seen at much higher uh, amounts in impaired joints throughout the whole joint. And in those, we had, again, statistical significance of very good reduction of both of those, what we call pro-inflammatory cytokines. Mm-hmm. So we've been saying that because we've seen it in the laboratory, but now we saw it very well in humans. Thirdly, is a marker of overall inflammation. Uh, there's what's known as C-reactive protein. And I was, we just threw that in. I, in fact, I was the one that requested that. We had a 12% reduction compared to placebo in C-reactive protein. Um, again, very good. The incidence of side effects, which is always of concern to me, and that was a great thing, lactate and vino, I mean, we didn't see any difference in side effects with placebo. Right. Likewise, once again in our, our clinical studies, there was no difference in side effects between FlexNow and placebo. So it's a very, very safe product. And finally, the all of this added up to, and I'm sure contributed, the decrease in pain, they, they did a what we call a baseline at the beginning where people were, and then they, they fill out this index, uh, well-recognized index. And then at five weeks, 10 weeks, and 15 weeks, the end of the study, they reported. 
this was almost a 45-degree line. It just kept going. The pain relief just kept going down um, every every time they marked. We don't know if we reached the plateau at 15 weeks or whether it would have continued. But, um, again, the, uh, I just talked to the researcher from Australia about an hour ago, and he just thinks that is, I think, the, the cartilage deterioration. But he says the cartilage deterioration and the reduction in pain are the two things that just jump out at him. Now, what was used in the product, uh, in, in, in the actual clinical study? Was it the FlexNow joint formula that, that we're going to talk about, you know, where people can find uh, Len? Deborah, that was exactly it. Uh, when we had a production, or the second production run, we had, I forget how many, tens of thousands of um, um, both placebo-made canola oil, and the active was just um, taken right out of that lot. So it's what people have been using when they go into the store and buy it. Well, we're going to come back and tell them more. Len Smith joining us today. We've been waiting for this for a long time. I know he has been as well. He's the president and CEO of BSP Pharma. We're talking about some of the latest research that wowed even the researchers. FlexNow Joint Formula. We invite you to join us at 800-307-3002. Come back with pen and paper in hand on Healthy Talk Radio. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio, worldwide, whenever and wherever you need us at HealthyTalkRadio.com. Now, more with America's favorite healthcare consumer, Deborah Ray. But the special guest joining us today with some important information. We have been bugging him for quite some time because we were interested to hear more because right now it is my most often proffered product. I have bottles and I give it out on a regular basis because I find so many people in need in terms of joint pain, joint inflammation. Len Smith, the president and CEO of BSP Pharma, joining us today. We're talking about this newly completed gold standard clinical trial done in a major institution in Australia regarding FlexNow joint formula. So you talked about, uh, you know, just off the run what was used in the clinical study. What about the dosage in the study, Len? Identical to what we've always been uh, recommending, that's three soft gels, three easy to swallow soft gels, I should add, uh, once a day, so with any meal, and that's it. They took it with uh, a meal, and that's, uh, for example, I had breakfast this morning. I'm done for the day. My joints are going to feel good for the day. And you, of course, have, have have your own stories of success to uh, to tell. Where, do people are they going to find it when they're in their health food store today in a drugstore? Where do they find FlexNow Joint Formula Len? Deborah, we have stayed in the natural product stores. We feel the people there understand the the health of the people. They really want to work with people. They're not just a, a paid clerk. So we have uh, made a very conscious effort to stay there, and we will. And so we're in over 3,000 stores, and they can go to our website, www.flexnow.us, and that's U.S. as in United States, uh, and uh, they can find the store nearest them. And with 3,000, there's one close to everybody now. And, of course, for everybody who's listening to it who may not be on the web, there there is a number as well, and that's a toll-free number, uh, 1-877-778-1212, 1-877-778-1212. And for, uh, you know, for a mother, um, <laughs> for the last 20 years, so that, that hip and, you know, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, she actually gets 
uh, almost a, a, a dementia uh, in terms of, of both memory loss and just really intense gastrointestinal symptoms. This, uh, she told me the other day, she said, you sent me a lot of things over the years, and there are a lot of things, you know, underneath her, her bathroom sink that this is truly making a difference, Lynn. Well, I just had a testimonial from Ithaca, New York. This was the joint problems uh, that deal that, that people with psoriasis sometimes have to deal with. Fifty-nine years old, he's been all over the world trying to get treatments for both that and the psoriasis. He said it's the first time, and I think it's over 30 years he's been pain-free from the joint problem. Wow. Wow. Well, it was an intriguing study, worth waiting for. We appreciate your time. We know you're so busy these days. Len, thank you so much for joining us. Deborah, thank you, and as always, have a great day. Len Smith joining us today. We mentioned a website, flexnow.us. If you're not on the web, one 778 1212 I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.